Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Twice this week, President Biden has referred to the war in Ukraine as the war in Iraq. I don't have to tell you, he has been facing doubts from voters about his age. He is the oldest president, of course, in the, in the nation's history that we've ever had. One of those instances happened as he was leaving the White House today. What do you say to people who are concerned about his age and slip-ups like the one he had today? Bueller? Bueller? Anyone? What can you say? Yeah, that's the reality. That's our president. The slip-ups are increasing in frequency and seriousness. It's the Chris Plant Show. Michael Pelka in for Chris Plant. This week he will return after the Independence Day holiday. Glad you are here. It is a another day where the administration is putting the president at risk, even though they know he's, he's not correct. He has problems. Things upstairs between the ears, just they're not working. And we talked earlier about uh, Joe Biden coming out of the White House yesterday with the marks on his face. And the White House admitting or being forced to admit, well, that he uses a CPAP machine. And that's to help you breathe at night because a lot of people have sleep apnea. And one of the things that helps those people get a good night's sleep, which is kind of important, is um, having their breathing passages opened up and CPAP machines. They don't look so cool. I have a friend who uses one and he said it's it's uh, kind of difficult on his love life. He's a single gentleman. And he said it's just really bizarro. So um, there, there's no real shame in having a CPAP machine, so why can't we know? Why can't we know? Because the administration did not, did not release the full records from the president's last checkup. And we would like a checkup from the neck up for this guy, to coin the phrase so often heard, when we question the sanity or mental clarity of any person. And we're not going to get that. Remember how Morning Joe and all the rest of the left-wing media were demanding Donald Trump take a, uh, a, a brain test. They wanted to know if his brain was working, and he did. He took a test. He did well. Then they mocked the test. But this president has not been called to do a similar thing, no matter how many times he screws up and says things, absolutely indefensible things in public. And we're just supposed to say, oh, that's Joe. But yesterday, he was in Chicago. I don't know if you're watching C-SPAN yesterday, but Joe was in Chicago. He did a little campaigning. They had a very friendly crowd there because Chicago is, let's face it, a very blue city. Unfortunately, no matter what Jesse Smollett said, his attacker said that was MAGA country. We all know that was Bravo Sierra. 
But it was a very friendly crowd for Joe Biden. And he got some friendly checks, I'm sure, for his campaign coffers. But when he was speechifying, Joe and the brain issue came up. He was trying to describe the I-95 collapse in Philadelphia a couple weeks ago. You had a truck full of fuel that crashed into the underpass where I-95 was was going over right right there in Philadelphia. It's right in the middle of the area there. It's uh, off, if you know the region, it's Cotman Avenue. And um, the truck burned, had 8,500 gallons of fuel inside, and it burned and burned, and the highway collapsed. A huge portion of the highway collapsed. And this is a major artery. 40% of our GDP travels through I-95 between Maine and Miami. And this was a major deal. And so um, the, the government poured a lot of money into it to fix it. And a, a very in, ingenuitive, can I say that? Did I just create a word? Uh, ingenuity stepped up and created a fix for the I-95 collapse. And they got it done real quickly. And everybody who did it deserves credit. But then again, let's remember a similar situation happened a couple of years ago in Atlanta. Similar thing. Highway collapsed. Guess what? They fixed it in a matter of weeks. In Florida last year, when Hurricane Ivan ripped through southwest Florida and came up through Fort Myers, Naples, and the Sanibel Island Causeway was knocked down, it was rebuilt in 15 days. So the technology exists. And the Democrats that run Philadelphia and Pennsylvania were saying, oh, this is going to be months. This is going to be months. And those of us in the know were saying, um, no, they're doing the okie doke here. They're telling us how long it's going to be, and then they're going to fix it quickly, just the way DeSantis did in Florida, and just the way it got done in Atlanta as well. And then they're going to come in and say, you, you need to love us because we got this done so quickly. And that's kind of what happened. But Joe Biden describing the I-95 collapse just shows you that we haven't fixed Joe's brain, even though we fixed the bridge already. Last week, we opened I-95 back where I live. And you go up the East Coast. It's a, one of the most important links in the entire East Coast. Well, guess what? Less than... we. A guy driving a truck hit a anyway knocked down a whole bridge and the whole blocked four lanes of the highway. He just can spin a tail, can he? A guy in a anyway and when the anyway comes out, you know he's in trouble. You know he's double clutching. His brain is going uh oh uh oh uh oh uh oh uh oh, and Joe has a problem. So his brain was not exactly in tip top shape. If they were giving him the Prevagen and Red Bull IV and the pure oxygen before he came out of the White House. He just wasn't ready. He just wasn't ready. Now, maybe they need to keep it on Air Force One. I'm sure they, they do have a full medical facility on Air Force One. And from anecdotal stories I've heard about the beast, the presidential limousine, they should call that Road Force One. Anyway, um, there, there is a great medical facility inside that limousine as well, just in case, God forbid, anything happened to the president. They're ready. But Joe wasn't ready. Again, he was out there speechifying in front of the people in Chicago. 
And he was trying to explain just how close he is to Xi Jinping, the Chinese president, and how much time he spent with him. And I think he was also trying to be clever here. Tell me if I'm wrong. I think he was trying to be clever in saying uh, that uh, trying to smear Donald Trump. Here's Joe Biden yesterday in Chicago. Uh, he was there to promote Bidenomics. I mean, this. I was on the Tibetan Plateau with Xi Jinping. I traveled 17,000 miles with him. I've spoken with him more than any other state because it started when I was vice president and President Hu was the president and he was the vice president. We knew he was going to be successful. It was inappropriate for Barack to spend that time with him, but I, I spent a lot of time with him. So they were buds. They were it was like a buddy movie being made between two guys who rely on each other. And we've had several people debunk how many miles he traveled and how much time he spent with him. But let's let Joe keep telling the story. I met alone with him, just he and I, and a simultaneous interpreter, 68 times, 68 hours, 68 times, more than. So 68 times, 68 hours, 68 times, wait, more than that, right? 68 hours. By the way, I turned in all my notes. By the way, I turned in all my notes. That's an applause line there, right there. I guess he's referencing documents. Is it important to reference those documents? Because, you know, we're still trying to figure out the documents that were inside Joe's offices, both at the University of Pennsylvania, the ones in the offices in Chinatown, the lawyer's offices in Boston, the Biden Center in Wilmington, Delaware, where there were reportedly 1,800 boxes that are to be remained sealed without any ability to investigate them until 10 years after Joe Biden leaves public life, which means probably when he passes away. This guy, to reference, I turned in all my notes, when we know he has admitted taking notes when he was a senator. He has documents back from his days in the 70s when he was a senator, and he's told us that. It is just another example of the two tiers of justice in this country. And if you want to talk about two tiers of justice, we, um, we had another example of that yesterday out of New York, out of New York City yesterday, where um, Daniel Penny, the gentleman who served this country as a Marine, appeared in court to plead not guilty to the charges against him. Remember, he's the guy who put a chokehold on a crazed homeless man who was threatening everybody on the subway car. And now yesterday he appeared in court to plead not guilty. At the same time, a similar incident that uh, happened between a, a, a black gentleman whose girlfriend was punched in the face by a crazed individual, and that gentleman took action again and ended up stabbing the attacker. Stabbing the attacker. Would you think about that? His case was dismissed. I, I hope New York City is, is embarrassed to no end by what they have done to a former Marine and, and not dismissing the charges against him for protecting everybody on that subway car. I don't think that guy set out to kill that crazed homeless man who, t who said he wanted to go to jail. He didn't care. He, he didn't care if he killed everybody. He didn't care if he went to jail for the rest of his life. 
And this guy stood up and took action. Just as the subway stabber did, his charges were dismissed. I hope New York City gets a great, great big serving of embarrassment for that. Uh, We have several other things to talk about today. There are some updates from the LGBTQ world of uh, attempting to foist gender mutilation on children. I don't care what you do in your private life if you're an adult, but leave the kids alone. We'll get to that. There was a, um, an overturning of a law that in Tennessee was protecting kids. That's a problem. We mentioned late yesterday the New York Times accidentally showed why these gender-affirming mutilations are so dangerous. I don't think they realized it because maybe they don't read their own articles. Um, are, you feeling, are you feeling the pain from the entertainment business with the writer's strike going on for so long? And now 250 actors have signed a paper saying that, well, we're going to go on strike too. I, I'm not really missing late night TV. Greg Gutfeld crushed it in the ratings again. Number one guy in late night. And speaking of late night, when we come back, I want to play something for you from Dana Carvey. Remember him? He was on Saturday Night Live when they were funny. He was on SNL when they actually made people laugh and weren't trying to be political. It was pretty, pretty darn funny. And it involves Dr. Fauci. If you haven't heard it, I think you'll like it. Join the conversation as well. 888-630-9625-888-630-9625. Mike Opelka in for Chris Plant on The Chris Plant Show. Hey, Chris here with some exciting news. Now you can listen to me live on the WMAL app. Doesn't matter if you're in your car, in the office, on the go. The WMAL app delivers crystal clear around-the-clock news coverage anywhere with cell service or Wi-Fi. So don't miss a second of your favorite shows. Download the WMAL app today on the Apple App Store or at Google Play Store. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. It is the Chris Plant Show. Chris is on holiday. My name is Michael Pelka. I am here for the duration till he returns. And I thank you for tuning in. I said I was going to get to the uh, Dana Carvey clip. The guy who was very funny when he was on SNL, when it was funny. Well, not always funny, but there were some really good years. But there was breaking news during uh, our commercial timeout and that the Supreme Court has given the boot to uh, affirmative action that racial preference uh, color can't matter anymore. And I think that's great. I think that shows we as a country, we as a country don't need to use race to make decisions. And schools have been doing it. And so that's good news. And as I'm looking at some of the coverage on TV, I'm also noticing a bit of a haze. And maybe it's the um, maybe it's those pesky racist Canadian wildfires. Uh, 
that are out there. Maybe. Let's check in with um, one of the Chris Plant regulars, uh, Sylvie from Waldorf, Maryland, is on the phone. Hello, Sylvie. How are you? Hey, Mike. How are you? Good I'm to glad to hear you. from you. Yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah. I'm, I'm spending Canadian Haze Day at home making Italian wedding soup. So, um, you know, the, the, the last time we had the haze back at the beginning of June, um, a, a colleague of mine was apoplectic that some of us weren't wearing masks indoors or outdoors. And she went in so far as to say that we were in that age bracket. Some of us were in that age bracket where we can't really mess with our health. You know, I'm, I'm almost 60 so, you know, now they also want to embarrass us because of our age, not only, you know, to, to give us feedback on whether or when we should be wearing our masks. But um, I just wanted to also let you know that the housewives were real housewives of WMAL to everyone. Yes. We had boatloads of fun watching President Trump during the uh, CNN town hall back on May 10th. Uh, it was just back like the good old days, Mike, because... Caitlin Collins' face was just priceless. But the, the fact that the CEO was, was booted because of the effectiveness of this town hall, uh, it's just mind-blowing. It really is. Yeah, you can't, you can't go against the agenda, even if it's for one night. Uh, you're, you're then put on the discipline couch of unemployment, which is what happened to Chris Licht. Uh, but I have to get back to something. Uh, you know, we're talking about the, the wildfires and the air, because the air quality is is bad in a lot of cities. My sister in Chicago said it's really bad here. And um, as I mentioned, Cleveland was getting it. Now it's here in the D.C. area. But the Associated Press wants us to know that the smoke from Canada wildfires is increasing health risks in black and poor U.S. communities. So I just want you to know to be careful, Sylvie, because people of color and people who might be in a lower income status, if you're in a neighborhood that's lower income, the smoke is apparently aware of that, and it hunts down those neighborhoods, and it tries to get into those neighborhoods exclusively. So this must be smart smoke. That's what I, I'm going to label this the world's first smart smoke, and maybe Canada is using this as a, some sort of environmental bioweapon against us. Uh. Just throwing that yeah, out. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised, Mike, if uh, come November 2024, we have another one of these episodes with the haze so that people can, you know, mail in their votes and all this stuff. You know, a it is of, a month of wildfires. Maybe it's going to happen, Sylvie. Well, wear your mask outside. I, I, there's no shame in wearing a mask outside now. It's for good reason. And I will tell everybody, if you have an air filter on your air conditioner, in the last two months, they've gotten more garbage thanks to those Canadian wildfires. So maybe change your filter a little bit earlier. Just saying. It's only a few bucks. Uh, thank you, Sylvie, for being there. I have so many things I need to get to today. And the Canadian racist wildfires was just one of them. And you brought it to the forefront. Uh, we, we, have, we have some big topics to talk about. And so I'll be back after the brief break especially 
Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. Happy Thursday. It's the Chris Plant Show. Michael Pelka sitting in for Chris as he is on the cruise with a bunch of listeners. Maybe we'll get an update on that. Maybe not. Maybe they're just kicking back. 494 days until the 2024 election. It will be here before you know it. A couple of stories that aren't getting enough attention in my book that I want to mention here before I share this uh, brilliant Brilliant little impression from from Dana Carvey. The, one of the stories, and it kind of relates to where we're going with this. Yesterday, this broke on the uh, National Pulse website, and it's worth a look. Headline, Wuhan whistleblower. COVID was a CCP bioweapon. Wait a minute. Isn't that what many of us have been saying for years? A Wuhan whistleblower is claiming that the COVID-19 virus was a, a, a bioweapon developed by the Chinese Communist Party. This comes from the claims of uh, a former researcher at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. This, um, this whistleblower, Chao Shao, I might be butchering that name, I may not, uh, also claimed that several of his colleagues vanished during the 2019 Military World Games in Wuhan, with one subsequently revealing that they went to the hotels to inspect, quote, health and hygiene conditions, which apparently was a ploy to spread the virus. Now, here's where this really becomes important. This story mirrors reporting, and now that reporting appears to be very rock solid, from UncoveredDC.com, which... In March of 2020, in March of 2020, now this is, I think, just before the pandemic had been officially declared, March of 2020, the reporter Tracy Beans at UncoverDC.com reported that China held something called the Wuhan Games, the military world games, where nations were invited to send representatives from their military to compete against other military athletic groups and, uh, and, and some other games, too, from around the world. So different countries were sending competitors, and we sent a team. Our team traveled to China. They left from Seattle, from just outside of Seattle, actually. There's a base there that is uh, in Kirkland, Washington. Now, why does this matter? Why is this important? Why is Kirkland, Washington, the place where we all think about one of those big box stores has its headquarters, all their home products are called Kirkland? Well, interestingly enough, the group that we sent in the fall of 2019, the military competitors that we sent to Wuhan came out of a base in Kirkland, Washington. They traveled to Wuhan 
They returned weeks later after this competition, and then there was noted a, a virus was kind of burning through some of the people that went there. Kirkland, Washington also happens to be home to a care facility for seniors. That was one of the first senior homes that showed a massive outbreak of COVID-19. If we're connecting the dots here, this just makes sense. This makes complete sense that China developed this, this virus by using gain-of-function research that was funded by um, Dr. Fauci. The Fauci-backed lab and the workers there were tasked by, according to the whistleblower, a, quote, superior, close quote, uh, to identify the most contagious strain of COVID from four different samples and show how particularly they were effective on uh, getting people sick, humans sick. So this all makes sense. We're connecting the dots here. And now Dr. Fauci in his retirement, remember he retired in January of this year, 82 years old, he's just gotten a big job at uh, Georgetown. He'll be speechifying and teaching at Georgetown and probably making a nice salary to go with his massive government pension. Let's remember he was the highest paid government employee, the highest paid federal employee, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Why hasn't he been brought up on charges for funding gain-of-function research or at least for lying about it because we have the receipts. Jim Jordan has them. Jim Jordan's had them for two years. Well, I know. I know the answer why. It's the DOJ. We know why. But there were over a million Americans killed by a Chinese bioweapon. And it came from a lab in Wuhan. It was intentionally, based on these reports and allegations, intentionally given to soldiers who appeared at the Wuhan Games from all over the world in Wuhan in the fall of 2019. And then the, the biological weapon exploded when they returned home. And Kirkland, Washington, for my money, based on my analysis, that's ground zero for the, the Wuhan deadly virus hitting America. And again, there was a care home for elderly where it first had the, the outbreak and we saw just how contagious this thing was. And it didn't come from a bat. So why isn't Fauci locked up? I don't know. Maybe it'll happen in my lifetime. Maybe not. He's 82 years old. How much longer can he be around? In any case, um, a little humor related to this. Dana Carvey was on a podcast with David Spade a couple of SNL veterans from a time that many of us consider to be one of the funnier times when Saturday Night Live was actually making people laugh and not trying to isolate us and separate us by, by picking us apart with comedy and actually political opinion. So Carvey's there talking with David Spade, and he has a new impression, and that impression is Dr. Fauci. It popped up in the discussion about COVID. I miss COVID. <laughs> I know. Dude, you know what I knew? There was trouble <laughs> when anyone that came to our country didn't have to get a vaccine. And I go, mm -hmm. if you're telling me I can't go to work, but everyone, everyone coming in doesn't have to get one, I go. Well, once we found out, when Fauci said, 
Okay, I'm sorry. If you've had two boosters and two vaccines, you can get and give COVID to another guy who's had five vaccines and four boosters. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between a vaccine and a booster? I don't know. It's just more vaccine, but booster sounds better. Anyway, a guy with 25 vaccines would get and give COVID to another guy with 25 <laughs> vaccines. That's why I'm introducing the daily COVID shot. Every day you get a shot. By the time you get to your car, you got no immunity. But it's a beautiful 39 seconds. It's well done. Very well done. I was laughing the first time I heard it, too. It still makes me smile. But at the same time, it makes me angry. And I was very uh, happy to see David Spade actually asking the question about how come I have to get a shot, but everybody coming into the country doesn't. Why do I have to get a shot to go to work when all the people who are coming into the country don't need to? And there were only six million of them who crossed our southern border. Hmm. Maybe there's some conservatism in comedy out there. We saw uh, Rob Schneider has a new special out. Obviously, it's on the Fox streaming channel. He is he is um, he's an out of the closet conservative or I think at least rational thinker. And I say at least rational thinker uh, because he's not jumping in and endorsing any one of the mainstream Republican candidates. In fact, he has come out in the last couple of days and said he's um, he's liking what he's hearing from Robert Kennedy Jr. That's uh, that's a surprise. But I hope that more comedy will return. SNL's not back. Late night TV is not back. And the, the only comedy in late nights, apparently, is Jimmy, not Jimmy Kimmel. He's trying to be funny on Twitter. But uh, Greg Gutfeld, who trounced everyone else again on the cable news battles and on the cable channels. So uh, well done. Uh, we have more out of Chris Christie, who is making the rounds again. Chris Christie, who actually, I think, I think in his heart doesn't really believe he's a candidate. I think this is all out of revenge or in hopes that he will be somebody's attorney general if a Republican looks like they're going, a Republican other than Trump, looks like they're going to win the 2024 election. Chris Christie yesterday appearing on Fox News and said, uh, if Donald Trump is the nominee, he will not support him for president. Isn't there some kind of pledge that is out there that Ronna McDon McDaniel is asking every candidate to sign that they will support whomever wins the nomination through the primary process. And Donald Trump needs to work for this if nomination. If he becomes so the we. nominee, do y'all become friends again? Does he offer you a cabinet post again? Do y'all clean this up if he becomes the nominee? I don't think so. I think you know, some, of the, some of the stuff he's called me um, over the last few months, um, I don't think that's going to happen. And, and I, that's sad. But it is the truth of the matter. And it's his doing. But you're not closing the door to voting for him. I'm, no, I'm saying I can't support him. I you can't. can't you won't vote for I him. I can't support either one of them. Okay. Not Biden or Trump because they're not competent and qualified to be president for different reasons. Joe Biden predominantly because of his age and what we've seen on TV. So Chris Christie can't support either of the two major party leading candidates. Is he delusional to think that he will be the nominee? Seriously. He has attacked the voting base of Donald Trump 
by saying that Trump can't be president and saying he won't support him. I don't see any situation where Chris Christie is the nominee and he's saying he won't support Trump and he won't support Biden. And he won't come out and say if he'll support the Republican nominee, at least not yet. We'll see. The other one who's popped up out of nowhere, and this makes me wonder, the timing on this makes me wonder, because there are no coincidences. Let's remember that. Uh, why has Paul Ryan surfaced? Why has Paul Ryan surfaced? Yesterday, Paul Ryan appeared over on CNBC on Squawk Box. And he's talking about uh, if we nominate Donald Trump, we, the Republican Party, uh, nominate Trump, uh, it's a disaster. And he's now an anyone but Trump person. This was interesting. But Trump and who the president, who the Republicans should run. Yeah, so I, I don't have that job anymore. So I'm very clear with, look, it's a disaster if we nominate Trump. You know, I think that I've been saying this for a long time. But Liz is right, which is he could win. I think we lose with him. I think we're much more likely to lose. We haven't won anything with him since he first won in 16. We lost the House in 18, the presidency in 20. The, the Senate in 20, and we could have won the Senate in 2022, but for him. Are you going to endorse Is Rupert going to tell you who to endorse? <laughs> no, I'm going to endorse whoever I want, but right <laughs> you're now... On the, you're on the board of Fox. That's why I, I said it. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. It, it's a joke. I'm for anybody not named Trump right now. Anybody? I'm for anybody not named Trump right now. This really is fascinating to me, and I wonder where all of this is coming from. And I'm sure it will all become clearer the closer we get to getting an answer to who is the candidate. It'll all become clear. Uh, before I take a quick break here, let's, uh, let's grab a quick call out of Chicago. Alan is in Chicago. Uh, welcome to the Chris Plant Show. Alan, what did you want to add to the discussion? Well, you were talking about the uh, deaths from COVID. If you go yes. to the database of the Center for Disease Statistics, only 5% of the people that died died only of COVID. COVID, by and large, was a contributing factor like pneumonia. In fact, it was a form of pneumonia. It was a respiratory virus that, that largely, according to Dr. Walensky, 75% of those who died had four comorbidities. Dr. Harvey Risch said 60% had six comorbidities. In New York State, 42% of the cases of COVID were found after admission. People had not gone to the hospital because they had COVID. They went to the hospital because they had other issues, and they discovered it only after they were there. And, you know, interestingly, if you look at the Spanish flu, the Spanish flu, unlike COVID, killed a lot of young people. This killed a lot of very old people. 60% yeah. was 75% older. And, like, the median age was, like, 82. So half who died were 82 and older, which means – what we did in the, throughout this entire matter was we shut down the economy because old people were dying. It's not new. Well, you we're making points here, Alan, that are kind of different from my original point. And my original point was the, all the people that died with COVID or from COVID, and there were over a million that died with COVID or from COVID, it all happened because China engineered a virus, a bioweapon, and then consciously, I believe, worked to spread it around the world. Now, what governments did around the world to take control of what was going on in their countries by some of their COVID policies, we saw the lockdowns here and some of the other nefarious actions that were taken by governments. That's another topic altogether. And yes, 
this this government in America utilized COVID and the diagnosis of COVID to move money all over the country because a hospital that claimed someone died from COVID, even though it was with COVID, got compensated more than they would have gotten compensated if that person died from pneumonia. That's a fact that's out there. So let's not lose track of where COVID came from. To me, that's the real issue here. Yeah, there's a a lot of interesting statistics on it. But China, China should be billed, like Donald Trump said years ago, for $10 trillion by the United States. All right, I'm taking a break. It's Michael Pelkin for Chris Plant on The Chris Plant Show. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening, wherever you listen. Wrapping up the second hour of the uh, Chris Plant Show today on a Thursday. Mike Opelka sitting in for my pal Chris Plant. And uh, I, I'm just going over some of, the, some of the interesting social media comments during the show. And uh, Sylvie just wrote in and reminding me, we haven't done the Woke Olympics this week. I think tomorrow will be Woke Olympics Day. We'll do some Woke Olympic nominations where you can pick up on your favorite Woke stories and and share them so we'll get to that and uh we had an additional thought on the origin of covid from a listener who said hold on a second here little mister it appears that maybe it was spokane washington where it first showed up in america and i I want to do some digging on that i want to relive and reread the tracy beans reporting on what happened in kirkland and the troops that went out via the the base at or near Kirkland and see what the timing was on that. But apparently there's a report some dental techs had gone on a humanitarian mission to Wuhan, China, and brought it back. So we want to be right. We want to be accurate. It does not diminish the reality that COVID came from a Chinese lab. A Chinese lab that was funded by Fauci. And we should never forget that. Nor should we forget that. It appears that yesterday was Whistleblower Wednesday, and there were more stories out of the IRS whistleblower who has come forward in the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, Biden crime family case that isn't getting enough attention. So we'll we'll lead with that next hour. We'll get into that. I also want to respond because I didn't do it yesterday. And a couple of people wrote to me and said, hey. You promised us the answer on these Ozempic, Wagovi, all these these diabetes drugs that are now showing great promise in weight loss. And how does it affect uh, Ozempic finger, Ozempic butt, Ozempic face? And what do we need to know? I promised you yesterday I will get to it today because Dr. Michael Rosen of the Cleveland Clinic has weighed in on it. And a couple other surprise stories that I haven't shared with you. As of yet, well, we didn't talk about Madonna either. Apparently, Madonna, 64 years old, was found unresponsive Saturday in her New York City apartment, 
had to be intubated. That's where they put the tube in you. And she spent four days in the ICU. And now she's postponed her 84-city concert tour that was scheduled, which also had some pretty slow ticket sales, I hear. Was it something else? Nobody likes to hear of anyone having to be intubated and go to the ICU. We'll get to everything, I promise you, next hour on The Chris Plant Show. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. 